Thanks for listening to the Habits and Hustle podcast made possible by your friends at Trinayogen. So I've been a huge fan of Trinayogen for years, and that's why I am so excited to be partnered with them. I literally don't miss a day taking it and think if you're going to take any supplement, this is the one. And here's why, with of course an added science lesson for you. Our bodies produce a molecule called NAD, which supports energy production that starts in your cells. But the levels sadly decline up to 50% between the ages of 40 and 60. A nutrient that can help increase our NAD is a form of vitamin B3 called nicotinamide riboside, or otherwise known as NR. The most efficient, proven, and safe way to get this is with Trunagen because it is the best NAD precursor. Trunagen helps support our bodies against everyday stressors that can damage our cells like overeating, drinking, and staying up too late. In my opinion, no one is too young to take it. I wish I knew about this in my early 30s. It would have been a game changer. What's most amazing is that True Niagen is backed by over 200 published scientific studies and is researched by the world's top scientific institutions. So go check it out at trueniagen.com. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N. And we have a special offer for new customers to receive 20% off all orders of $100 or more using the code HUSTLE20 until December 31st, 2022. So definitely run, don't walk, to scoop some up today. Hi guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. On today's episode of Habits and Hustle, I have one of my favorite comedians on the planet. His name is Sam Morell, who I saw on David Letterman's special on Netflix recently. And I tracked him down on Instagram and practically begged him to be on the podcast. He is so funny. He is so witty. He is so quick. I am obsessed with his sense of humor. And you guys, he has a new Netflix special out too right now that's crushing it. He also released his own special on YouTube about a year and a half ago, and it already has over 11 million views. Everywhere I go, people are now saying his name to me, which is really funny. I feel like he's just like bursting now. And by next year, everyone will know this guy's name. Please listen to this podcast. You guys are going to love it. Enjoy. Today, we have Sam Morell on the podcast, who is an amazing comic, who I... You're amazing. Uh, now I'm extra happy to be here. Yeah, right? You got, the, you got the basketball hoop outside. You got the pool. You got the... You have a treadmill in like every room of your apartment. Oh, I know. It's like the, it's the we decor. We get it. You exercise a lot. This is crazy. I, I do exercise yeah. a lot. That's kind of what my... That's my whole shtick. I, yeah. My background is exercise. Yeah. But... Um, and it is like the decor. People, Some people collect jewelry. I just collect treadmills. That's kind of like yeah, what I it do. It looks nice. It's a nice treadmill. Thank you. It's a woodway. They're all woodways, by the way, which are the best kind of treadmill. Do you, do you work out at all? I mean, I, I do it for a different reason than you do it. Why do you do it? To sweat out, to, to mental the health. Booze? Like, yeah, but like just to be, just to not get gross. Like, well, why would you be gross unless you're just drinking all the time? You mean mental, mentally yeah, gross? everything. Maintenance, you know? Like, and also I've, like, had injuries and stuff. So you just try to, like, maintenance to make sure you don't get injured. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like I'm working out these days to be, uh, to win any competitions. I'm just doing it for my did mental health. you used to do competitions? No, I never did competitions. But I, I it's really funny because I know you don't know anything about my background like that. But um, I wrote a bunch of books in the health and fitness space. Oh, okay. I would do, like... 
I've been on a few different covers of different magazines in the fitness space, right. stuff like that. I was a, I was a trainer for a long time. So that was like kind of my beginning a little sure. bit. And then, so yeah, so fitness is a major like foundation of mine. So yeah. that's why, but now I do it for more of my mental health and more just cause I, I really just I'm, I'm like the guy it. burping up gin on a Marriott treadmill uh, on the road. That's, I know. that's my fitness. Uh, well, you're trying to flesh out the toxins of your body. That's you feel good. Working out really is like, that's like that best hangover cure. Other than like maybe an IV drip or something. The IV drips don't always work. Number one, but I don't, I feel like you can pee out a lot of the vitamins. And my friend who, who I'm very close, Dr. Abe, he's going to kill me because He's a very close friend of mine. He he'll actually give you a drip if you want one. Really? Absolutely. When? Whenever you want. When do you Let's, want one? I'll, I'll arrange it for you, like Doctor uh, Abe. I'm going to call I'm you right after this, this podcast. What? I'm going to abuse you this. You should abuse it. You okay. should. All right. Give me G- Abe's info. I'm going to give it to you. I'll, we'll call him after the show. He'll be more than happy to go to your your. He's a concierge doctor, love and it. he like takes care of everybody. I'm telling you, all the big all the big it. ones that you know. You name them, he's that's probably his client. I'm, I'm pumped. Okay, so but my point, what I was going to say is the fitness part is great yeah. because of the, you can sweat out all your, of course, your toxins, whatever, but it's just great for your overall mental health and just to kind of keep you, absolutely, you know, sharp yeah. and focused. I do feel like sometimes I go to the gym and I just like, I come up with material because my, like, my mind yes. is awake again. So, you know. I, well, first of all, it's also the, it's a feeding ground for like great material, sure. watching all those people doing all sorts of kooky things and. You know, it's like a pickup truck. I mean, not so much in the last couple of years with COVID, but like before and now coming back, it's very much a great feeding, a breeding ground, I should say, for that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I, there's a gym in my, I'm like in an old person building in Upper West Side. And like, there's all these old people and, and I'm in the type of building where they're like, even pre-COVID, they're like, you're not allowed to have a trainer. And I'm like, I'm not going to go if I don't have someone pushing me. Really? They won't yeah. let you, why? Some old school bullshit. I don't know. Then they were like, you can only, uh. The guy, so the old people in there are like passive aggressively, like, you know, there's a rule here. Like, I don't care, but like, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, then, yeah. and then they're like, did you talk to the building? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, of course. They, that's so I just, strange. I talked, but then eventually I was like, I'll just talk to the building. The building's like, yeah, it's fine. Are like, you in a fancy, like, like shishi building? No, Is that it's why? not. It's like, it's for like a gym doorman building. It's like as low end as you could get, really. Really? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, how big is your space at your apartment? Those Small. I'm going to move. Well, they're like 300 square feet. It's like $10,000. No, it's not that small. Well, how big is it? 575. Okay. You're like like scorning me for the 300 square feet. Meanwhile, 500 is not that much different. All right. I'm sorry, backyard pool, uh, basketball hoop. Uh, (laughs) This is is typical for, well, no, it's not that typical for LA. No, this is a nice place. I've seen LA places. It's solid. Thank you. Uh, No, I'm going to move soon. I'm I'm looking at places. It's it's a process, but. Have you always, like you're, so let me just say this, because I I just kind of jumped right in. Sure. But like, so Sam, I saw him on, I I saw him on this special with David Letterman. I knew within 10 seconds that you are like, you're just hilarious, but you're going to be, he's, he's very much like, as we, as we speak, he's like really gaining momentum and you're going to be massive. I feel you're going to be the next like Sebastian. Oh, uh, we're so different. I mean, yeah, he's, he's doesn't really matter. Um, You're great. Thank you. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's, I got to get in like the next Scorsese movie. That's the plan. Well, try. I mean, yeah. I think, I, I think it's, a, you're in the Joker movie. For like a sec. I'm very briefly in it. Yeah. Okay. But you still were. Well, how did you get a, into that movie? Uh, Todd Phillips called me. 
the director. He's a really cool guy. And Todd's background is in comedy, so he really likes comedians. Yeah. I mean, Todd was discovered by Ivan Reitman, who just passed away. So He was? Yeah. Ivan Reitman discovered him and then I think helped him with his first movie. And I believe helped produce Road Trip, which was like his first big comedy. Oh. And then, you know, Todd made like old school The Hangover. He made huge comedies. Massive, yeah. Amazing mainstream comedies and uh yeah, and he just like called me and was like, I thought, you know, you, someone like that calls you like, all right, dude, I'm sure it's Todd Phillips. And then <laughs> right. My agent's like, no, it's really him. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, all right. And then, uh, yeah, he was just like, I really like your comedy and I, I love for you to be in this. And I was like, and then I see the role and it's like open mic or comedian. I'm like, God damn it. I'm an open mic or yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I had to ask him like, hey, do you want me to like suck? Because I'm playing right, an open mic. And he goes, well, you're going to be Sam, so do whatever you want. I'm like, well, I'm not going to suck with my material. Absolutely I'm going up not. with like good jokes, so I'll be the funny guy at the open mic. And he was like, that's fine. And I was like, all right. So I was just did like 15 different takes and uh, maybe more. And it was like, I was like, I'm going to do it's an audience. I'm doing a different joke every take. Right. I don't want to repeat material. So he's like, just make sure it would work in the 80s because the movie's in the 80s. So he's like, no cell phone jokes or anything. And uh, only one joke was he like, don't do that again. What but joke was it? I like the joke. The joke is like, uh, <laughs> it's a weird one to tell here because it's like, I got like, a, it's one of my few jokes where like, and I have an act out, but I say, uh, you know, my ex would always say like, you made me come. Like she'd give me credit for the orgasm. So she'd be like, I'm about to come. And I'd be like, cool. And then she'd be like, stay completely still. And I'd be like, all right. And then she'd be like, you just made me come. And I'd be like, are you sure? Because it feels like I played dead with an erection, you know, like made you. So the joke would be like, that's like if you went to the barber shop and I'm like, can you hold the buzzer like right here? And then you just like move your head around. <laughs> and I'm like, you're the best I've ever. Not a great joke for an audio podcast, but you get the gist. And, this uh, is not an audio podcast. I said that YouTube well, is YouTube growing. Too. It's new. Yeah, it's growing. Well, it's it's, that, we do a lot of teasers. A lot of video comes from it, from TikTok. A lot of, lot of stuff on TikTok. Yeah, well, so that that's how that came about. And then, you know, we did like a bunch of takes. And uh, yeah, he was like, Todd was so nice. And then, uh, and Joaquin Phoenix, I'm like the guy who goes on before him. So he's like creeping in the room. And then there's one point where he's just as like, you know, I'm not going to like but I don't know what his process is. He seems like an intense, very, you know, actor. And I don't want to, I know I'm like, I'm fucking, I don't belong here. This is so stupid. And, uh, and we're in this club danger fields, which is no longer there anymore. But when we shot it, you know, where is it anyway? It was on like 59th and I don't know, like first or something. It was oh, far okay. east. It was, uh, I mean, they used to shoot great specials there. That's where like, you know, the old Rodney Dangerfield. I love Rodney Dangerfield. Me too. It's like one of my favorite comedians of all time. But they would shoot the old specials where it's like, uh, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, Sam Kinison, uh, Bill Hicks, like all the legendary sets. Uh, and I remember he would give funny intros. So he'd be like Bill Hicks. He'd be like, this next comic, he's so far ahead of his time. His parents haven't even met yet. <laughs> Give it up for Bill Hicks, everybody. Like funny in the intros of comics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Rodney. So, uh, but I never worked that club. They were always, it was always kind of a shitty club. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah, they never took, apparently Rodney was like, he would do drugs at other, he's like, I'm not doing drugs in my club. I'll do drugs at the comic <laughs> strip or something. But, right, right. Uh, but I remember going there and be like, this club sucks. Really? They and that's why it closed, I guess. They just didn't really respect comics. They would do weird shit where you're like, uh, you'd go on stage and there'd be like six people in the crowd and they'd do like, do 25 minutes. I'm like, for six people? 
and I'd be like, all right. So I remember I'm on stage once just bombing there for six people. And I watched them walk three more people into the room. And I'm like, all right, we got nine. And then they sit down and they gave me like one joke and they were like, nah, and they just walked out. Really? Yeah, it was brutal. Isn't that hard though yeah. for a comic? That can, like when you get heckled or booed or when people don't, like when you feel the energy off of a, a crowd and it's not going well, like how do you kind of maintain that? Like, how do you keep on going? It's like, so like, isn't it demoralizing and like, difficult you just get numb i mean it doesn't like none of it matters really like, when you're young and it's like six people and you're bombing it's pretty painful because you're like you just don't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when now when it goes badly i'm more just like either upset with myself or like why did i how why did i fail to connect uh but um I mean, now when like they're bad or you're heckled or something, like the audience is usually on my side right, already. Right. It's almost like an, a built-in unfair advantage. Whereas before it was like an unfair in the other way. Because I remember having to build material. You know, now people pay decent money for the tickets. But I remember when I was starting out, you're doing these clubs where they're like free. They're giving away tickets yeah. just to make sure that they're moving drinks. Yeah, right. And, exactly. Uh, and these people don't give a shit about you. And they're, and they're kind of like, prove it. Prove you're funny right now. And when you go in with that attitude, it, it can be tough sometimes to take risks and, and build an act. So you have to keep turning over. I'm like, I don't know how I built an act that way. It's very hard, you know? So wait, so let's go back for two seconds. So did you ever meet Joaquin Phoenix? Like, did you ever get to meet him? Yeah, we chatted And was he bit. weird? Like, no, was he, he was, intense? He, he and was so nice. He was so- Like normal? Normal and warm and friendly and like- Like uh, a regular person? Because yeah. I've heard he's like so like intense and- Yeah, but I think he just takes what he does seriously. He was so warm. I mean, he. I kept doing bits and he was like- I really like your comedy. And I was See? like, and I was like, I was like, oh, you're pretty good at what you do. You know, you're all right. <laughs> no, no. And then he was like, uh, he was like, you know, a lot of comics, there's like a desperation, you know, and you're just trying to be funny. You're just like not trying to be like weird. You're just trying to, and I'm, and I'm like literally like, you're playing the Joker. <laughs> yeah, like right, no right, more right, weird exactly. character ever. But there's, there's nothing but, uh, weirder. But I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was he was awesome. Did you get like from that experience? Did it kind of help propel your career? Like, what did it do for you? Did it do anything? I got, or? So it was like just a cool thing. I don't know if yeah. it, like I don't know if it propelled anything. I, yeah, I think it was like a thing where people were like, "Holy shit, you're in the Joker!" But like, no, I think what like gets people out in the road is like stand up clips, and they're like, "I've seen you be funny before." But it was so cool that Todd used a joke of mine that hits. Like, it's a joke that people like. So. uh he used that joke where you're like, I mean, I see people, it's like, man, the internet's brutal because you just see people stealing your joke. Like some British kid playing a video game and he's like, he's like, you know, just he's doing more joke in his voice. Like, you know, the joke would be like, you know, women, uh, I, I look at sex like, uh, 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 men look at sex like uh, parking. No, women look at sex like buying a car. You're like, is it safe? Can I see myself in a long term? You know, will it kill me? And I say, men look at sex like parking a car. We're like, there's a spot. There's another spot. Oh, I have to pay? Never mind. Handicapped. We'll see. You know, oh no, I say, hope no one sees this after handicapped. So that joke he used, and I just see British kids like on TikTok playing video games, like, women look at sex like, you know. And they call, of course. And they're just, and, you know, they're just like, and then people are like, this joke's hilarious. But then you get your like diehard fans who are like, fuck you, you piece of shit. That shit must happen a lot, but yeah. you, ha you can't control that, right? Like it happens in no. any area oh my of anything. God. I just got a text from a friend and she was like, this I is saw your that. joke. You, yeah, you yeah. posted that. Yeah. My friend texted to me and I was like, she's like, you should post. I was like, all right. No, post it. it's true. But so, okay. I want to ask, I've got so many questions for you. So my first. No one cares about intellectual property theft. That's not a thing that anyone cares about because most people, when you like a thing on social media, you're like, like, move on, never think and about it And they never think again. about it again. Yeah. But someone put work into that thought you and that did. joke and we and we you know we hone jokes in clubs trying to get jokes to work 
And those people who just do that will never know the satisfaction of cracking a joke. Of and course. it is satisfying. I'm sure. You know? So then how do you, like, what is your, okay, so you're 35, right? Mm -hmm. How long have you been a comedian for or doing stand-up for? I mean, like, my whole life, honestly. Like, I started, like, 18, so. Um, Were you always funny? I was funny in a way, like, not like, look at this, look at this fucking guy. <laughs> like, I wasn't funny like that. I was funny in a way, like. I was trying to, I thought it was like cool to be like, you know, clever or witty. So I was trying to, you know, in class, I try to make a funny joke. Like that, that was my sense of humor was like, you know, you go from like trying to make your classmates laugh to then maybe like 11th grade. You're like, can I make the teachers laugh? Like I want to make the adults laugh, you know? So um, I think at first the teachers were like, fuck this guy. And then by the end they were like, he's kind of fun. Like I, I remember we did a thing. We do community service for uh, senior year. Uh, what kind of school did you go to? It was like an all boys school on the Upper East Side. Okay. Yeah. And it was, uh, and we had to do community service and then do a presentation, small school. And, uh, you know, uh, I turned that community service into a stand up routine. I was like, I really want to be a comic. I love stand up. And it killed, like, it really killed. But to the point, like, the, <laughs> it was a false sense of uh, security yeah. because I, they already liked me. They wanted me to be fun. They thought I was funny as a person. Yeah. So they like were rooting for me to succeed. Whereas like, then you start doing open mics and these people are like, you fucking suck. Well, that's, well, also I feel like you're, you're like, well, I'm not, I don't know yet, but like the evolution of you normally when I have like most comics, I know they come from a very dark background or dark place yeah, and that's, that's how they get. No, no. We, we all have our, our stuff. Like but. you remind me of a guy I went to call, like when I went to high school, like at some Jewish camp, I went to high school, you know what I mean? Like some yeah. like guy that I knew from camp Ramah or from my private school. I don't, think, I don't think that's school. necessarily true. I, I, you know, I think, uh, not because you do Jewish jokes, but because you just seem like just like a nice guy who just like is like you, like you said, sort sarcastic funny what's well, a cliche that like every comic has to be this morbid fucking mess it, you know is like it I, a cliche yeah i think so i think like why does every comic like there can there are different i think you need to just be who you are yeah and you're either funny or you're not like i i don't like the idea that i have to be some like brooding dude in a leather jacket on stage like society's <laughs> fucked that's not who i am i'm i'm a guy who's like i think it's cool to be like the funny guy in the room like i got into comedy because like rodney dangerfield you know Adam Sandler movies when I was a kid, I was like, he's so silly, you know, like you, I, I got it more like comics were like the tension breakers and the disruptors to me were, you know, Rodney's the guy who walks into like the country club and is like, look at these fucking jerk offs. Yeah. Like that was that character. And I was like, hell yeah, that's the guy. Everyone's like snooty and he's mocking them, You're right? you know, and uh, Sandler was the same way. I'd watch those movies as a kid. And then I really got into stand up and, you know, Dave Attell in New York was so influential for me because he was so witty and like brilliant. And, but he had this quality where he could connect to any audience. And I was like, this is like what comedy is, you know? And like, you know, uh, Greg Giraldo was so big for me when I was, you know, yeah. a young standup. I loved, you know, I love that they seem like smart, but they were also humble and never, uh, never condescending to a crowd. Like I, like I, my goal was like, I'm an entertainer. I'm not, that's all I am. I'm here to make you laugh. And I like the road for me is like the truth. Like if you don't do the road as a comic, you're not going to be that good a comic. Right. If you, if you can't take this shit to Columbus, Ohio and Dallas, Texas and Raleigh and Florida, if you're not taking it all over the country, like 
you're missing out. That's how you kind of hone and perfect a new hour of material. Well, how else do people do it if they didn't do that? They get a deal, like a darling deal with the network, and they're just like, I, I got it. I'll figure it out. But how? Like, I mean, do you remember? Do you, have you ever done? I'm Canadian, and there's we're, a thing we're in Canada. Um, from Winnipeg originally, then Toronto. Big Jew population in Winnipeg. Huge. How do you know? Because I've been. I'm a touring comedian. I, so you've been to Winnipeg? Sure. Maybe? Really? Rumors Comedy Club. Yeah. Oh my God. What do you think? This is a fucking is, game. Yeah. I put in my work. <laughs> you know. Ty First, first of all, is, wait, is that, is rumor still, I haven't been to Winnipeg in like 20 years, but is, yeah. I, I moved to Toronto uh, really city. young. Yeah. Great city. And then Montreal, my family's in Montreal. Sure. But Good bagels. Great bagels. Different than New York, we don't have to compete. Yeah, no, no, no. It's like but, F. Scott's Fitzgerald and Hemingway. You Montreal's can appreciate better, both. Though. We don't have to, com- you know, because why? Because they're sweeter and because they're like chewier. Thinner. They're thinner and chewier, yeah. I think. I think they're better. I, I'm a see. I'm a New York bagel guy, but I love a Montreal bagel. They can be both good, fine. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm used to Montreal bagels. Sure. I like them better. But I, get, I love a Montreal bagel. They're delicious. Montreal food is on its next it's, level. It's great because yeah. it's very it's eclectic. There's sure. a lot of like diversity culture. But Toronto too is really good. I'm a yeah. big. I'm I prefer Toronto. It's just in overall. But selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, do we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're online courses or a physical product, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever or whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with their internet's best converting checkout. It's actually 36% better on average compared to any other leading commerce platform. And sell more with less efforts thanks to Shopify Magic, which is your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash hustle. That's all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash hustle now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash hustle. Have you guys tried Factor yet? Factor is a ready-to-eat meal delivery that takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons. You'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Factor now offers loads of snack options too, and like breakfast and smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what's on my schedule. And when things get super hectic, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week, or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. So head to factormeals.com slash habits and hustle 50 and use code habits and hustle 50 to get 50% off. That's code habits and hustle 50 at factormeals.com 
slash habits and hustle 50 to get 50% off. What I was going to say to you yeah. is rumors. I can't believe, is that even still around? Yeah. You still go there? I haven't been there forever, but I played there. Yeah. Where I, do you I, play in Toronto? I just did a small theater. I forgot the name. Bluma Appel Theater. I don't know that one. It was one. great. We did a couple shows there. It was awesome. Uh, oh, we got delayed like six hours on the way back. Oh, I was a part the of the tri- Just for Laughs Festival. Well, that, that was, that's what I was going to ask you. Have yeah, you done the Just for of Laughs? Of course, many times. Yeah, and they were like, they do this thing where they're like, we're going to set up the car service. Uh, it's The car will get you three hours before. I was like, yeah, we got like... TSA pre and yes. all that global entry. We don't need a three hour. They're like, well, we can't move the car. So we're like, all right, <laughs> fine. Three hours early. Then the flight gets started like six hours. So we're there like eight hours. Oh, I know. I just got back from yeah, Montreal five days ago. Yeah. And it was, it's, what's going on there with the travel is insane yeah. over there. But the just for laughs thing. So did you, I was going to say earlier yeah. that people would go there, they would perform in front of all the managers and agents. And then they, they would hopefully get like a, this was back like 10 years ago. Even get, more. Get you, a, get a, you get a deal in like the 50, 90s. Yeah. 15 years ago or 20, no, like early 2000s. Yeah. I used to work at Three Arts. By the time I went there, they were like, you might get a manager. Maybe. It yeah, you might other, get a manager. Well, yeah. Okay, so that's how I, okay, so you I- You were at Three Arts. I worked at, Michael Rotenberg is Canadian. Okay. He sponsored my visa. That was my first real wow. job in the US. Wow. And um, yeah, and I worked for a guy, his name is not Dave Becky, because that's a, he's also at Three Arts. Yeah. yeah. He was, works with Michael. Is, but it was, um, he had red hair and he would rap. I hear the Canadian, by the way, now. Oh, now red you can hair, hear it? Red, red hair. And about. About, yeah. Sure. Uh, he rapped Janine Garofalo. If you say his name, Rath, Dave Rath. I know Dave well. Is he still around? Great guy. He's yeah. such a nice I guy. Love yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that was like, I was like a real kid, like a baby, baby. And I lasted like eight days at that job. Yeah. It was an awful job, like rolling calls and. I was like an assistant to the manager because I was going to, the idea was I was going to be a comedy manager. I guess it's a whole other story of my life. Couldn't stand that world, but that's, but I love the comic part. But my point is. I just picture you taking calls like on the treadmill, like, uh uh-huh. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. That's like the most showbiz thing I can picture. Someone with like a towel around their neck on the treadmill. That's basically like, yeah. I didn't, but that's a, that was a shitty job. It was like the worst job. I lasted seven days and I went to Dave and I was like, this is not for me. I'm not going to be doing this. He's like, I thought you're going to be. I've known Dave a long time. He's a really nice guy. Who all, who are his clients now? I don't know. Oh, I don't, I don't so know. clearly you're not with three arts. I haven't had a manager in many years. I don't th- really think they do much. I mean, they, they, they yeah. were taking a lot of money and they weren't really doing anything. So I was like, I did, my agents are great, but I don't really, uh, I don't really feel the need for a manager. So why are people paying like the manager 20, like they're paying them and the agent, like you're left with nothing then if you have both. It's a good question for them. But I, I don't know. But I, your I agent think, you like. I think some people look at it like taxes, like it's a necessary thing that you just have to do. But I, it, yeah, uh, I, oh, I was like, you're not moving the needle for me. They'd bring, they'd be like, you should try TikTok. I'm like, yeah, I'm on fucking TikTok. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> they'd be like stuff like, you should try this, and I'd be like, you, you don't know any. Like if if there was a manager who could have some social media influence, I'd be like, all right, if you provide value, if you're bringing in opportunity yeah but it's a lot of like we guide your career and i'm like i know older comics they can like guide me they can tell me what to do uh and then the agents are great they get me a ton of shit and they keep me working and they uh you know but it's hard to get like this is what i I was getting at so like you you said you, you you work out your reps obviously by going around the country constantly yeah right so and that's how you a know what works what doesn't work yeah but even to like 
like to get a manager in this in your business isn't it really hard there's so many people like how do you stand out like how do you like you do it like like what you said the just for laughs festivals you get seen at festivals you, you try to wow them at a festival the thing is whenever you bring up someone to your reps you're like you got to see this person they're like i'm because they want to discover them of course they don't want to be told like you got to see this person they want to be like they want to be like i just fucking discovered this dude so, right uh well, who discover who takes credit for you oh jeez. i mean some i have no idea who who takes credit for me i i don't know you i've had many i've had many managers and agents in my in my life how long has this agent been around for a couple of years okay yeah and so have they done a lot of good they're like great. they've helped yeah, you a lot yeah they're great but you but it's a, kind of like a weird like kind of like chicken or the like you need to be at a certain level, successful enough to even get the agent, right? They always tell younger comics, like, just focus on being good and the other stuff will come. If like, you, you can't think about outside stuff. I understand it's like very, uh, it can be overwhelming and you could look at other people getting stuff and you could get, you could panic, like, why not me? But the truth is like, are you in this for life? Well, then that person who does this might come right back down and you might do that slow climb and you might have a longer, more interesting career. Right. Actually, yeah, that's true. So then how did, what was your thing? So you said you were in school, blah, blah, blah. You yeah. learned you wanted to be a stand-up. So yeah. what did you do? So what was your first thing? So first like gig that really changed my life was I won a festival in Atlanta called the Laughing Skull Festival. And the prize was a year worth of road work. And I think, so they kind of had to book me at clubs for a year. That was the prize. Like all these bookers were at the festival. So oh, they were wow. like, okay, you're either the opening act or the headliner at every one of these clubs for right. a year. So I was just like working. I was like, wow, I'm just like a working comic with, you know, a lot of these gigs suck, but they put hair in your chest. Problem is when you're doing bad gigs is you get like a temper because you're being disrespected <laughs> so much. Like you're doing so many gigs where people are just like talking through your set or yeah. ignoring you. And you're just like, so now you're like a, like a dog that like an owner used to beat and you're just like biting people for no reason. So I was just like... You know, I'd be in like an okay crowd and someone like you'd hear a glass thing and they'd be like, fuck you. And they'd be like, what about, like, sorry. I just, right, right, right. Like I was like, just in Reno all weekend. Sorry. That's, with, uh, I was going to say, was there an audience that's better than others? And what, like, is there a city or Yeah, Winnipeg? certain cities are great. Yeah. <laughs> Winnipeg crowds were good. Although, uh, damn, I do remember like, you know, Madison, Wisconsin is like one of the best clubs in the country. Comedy really? Comedy state. Why? There's a weird combination of like, my friend always says this, like blue, blue city, red state. That's what you want. You get a nice yeah. mix of everybody. That's true. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, Madison, the club is well run. It's great. Uh, geez, there's so many good clubs. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, certain cities. Well, how many days a year are you traveling? So many. Like how many? How many a month? Almost every weekend I'm, I'm pretty much gone. And then like sometimes in between you got to do stuff. So like I'm out for like, I'm, right now it's been like, I've been out for like, uh, about eight days or so. So how many days a month would you say you're traveling then? At least 15, 14? Probably. So how do you have- It like, makes you appreciate New York. Uh, well, any place you live, wouldn't yeah, it? Like, yeah, it makes you appreciate home. Like you're like, you know, you do a weekend in like Wilmington, Delaware, and then you're like, New York's a good fucking city. Right, right, right. You're seeing all the like armpits of everywhere. Yeah, a lot of armpits. A lot of armpits, yeah. right? So then- like so, so what? Is it? So but anywhere is cool for like three nights, honestly, like, or two nights. Anything's cool. But it's for not two nights, nights, right? Because you're doing two nights all the time. Like I know, two nights now, cities, two nights again. You can, you can find stuff to do. Like I try to, I try to live like the way Bourdain did, minus the very end, obviously. Yes, I, but obviously. Like, but like the way he would do the road, right? Where he would just kind of appreciate 
where he is. He would yeah. really find the good in every city, and I found that inspiring, you know? You seem like it's such a – I can't get over how, like – peppy you seem to be for a comedian really yeah i mean I'm, i've got my shit everyone's got their i mean like i <laughs> i've never been called peppy in my life by well, the like, way pe- maybe maybe to like a, a <laughs> fitness person i'm peppy where you're like oh i thought you'd be horrible but amongst comics i've, I've no one's ever been like you're a peppy guy well, not like i'm not gonna say, like you're not like miss mr congeniality necessarily but you but like i, I feel like you're someone i would have like gone to school with and grown up with or hang out with like you seem like you have like a pretty solid normal life and like you went to like I said like you had one day you were like okay I think I want to do stand-up and you seem pretty confident like you don't seem like you've had to work out a lot of insecurity or like I've been, th- I've been fear therapy failure. for many years I've, I've got issues I, I just you know I'm like do you talk about your issues a lot sure. in your com- in your in your comedy yeah, a little bit. I mean, I'm definitely regressed a little bit as a human in the last year or so. I mean, like, you know, you go through a breakup and you just kind of regress a little bit. You got to heal and deal with shit. And I think... Uh, I didn't bring it up because you told me not to bring it yeah, up. Yeah, but. but I mean, I brought it up. It's all right. That's okay. I mean, okay. We're, we're fine. It's just, you know, you do that and then you're kind of like, uh, it's hard to heal on the road. Like, I don't, no one's ever been like, oh, you're in pain? Go to Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go away from home. So it's like, yeah, that's, you got to work on stuff. You got to have a good foundation. I bring my friend Gary is on the road with me a lot. That Gary really, who? Vitor, a really funny comic. You love him. One of my best friends since we started, I mean, we started an open mics together. So, I mean, he's one of my oldest friends. So it's like, he's very, he's a good influence. Uh, but no, I've got my shit. My parents are supportive though. I'm, I'm on good terms with my parents, you know, and like I have a, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm very, I try to remember when things are bad, like it's okay to have gratitude. It's okay to, you know, a lot of comics like think there's nothing funny about them. Like, no, you'll find funny shit. You don't have to be miserable. There's other stuff there. And I think positivity, if I, if I don't have that, I will sink. So I need to force a little bit of it. Was this the first, you went out with Taylor Tomlinson was the girlfriend he's referring to. Was this, was that the first comic you ever dated? No, I've done it before. Oh, you have? Funny women are cool. I mean, it's like, I'm attracted to uh, smart, funny women for sure. And so like, so then you're not like, you're not disenchanted. You'll date another comic if you meet them. Probably not, honestly. It's because it's, it's painful when it's like you're in the. Industry. Yeah. Cause you just, you have to see them for the rest of your life. Like, you know. Right. And, but that being said, like, I, I care about it very much. I want her to do great. You know, it's, uh, well, she is doing great, right? She is. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it must be strange. Right. Cause it's like, sure, you see yeah. them all the time. You hear about them all the time. It's not like she's an, she's, she's an accountant and you're, uh, sure. you know, like it's always a paths cross. That's the next one. An accountant. Yeah. I mean, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know about that one, no, but you no. know, I, yeah, it's, it's strange. It's a strange, uh, it's a strange life. It's you're just like, all right. I mean, you get to connect on this deep level, but you you run a risk, you know, right. of, of it ending. Well, like even if it's like not even talking about her specifically in general, like you have a lot in common. You can like you can practice each other's like bits on each other, I guess, right? And yeah. whatever else. Do you guys help do you guys help each other write stuff or Did we, um every once in a while, yeah. We'd run a bit here and there, sure. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, you kind of, the thing is like, you kind of have a friend you already do that with. So, you know, but we, yeah, we would do that sometimes. Do you have other writing partners that help you? I wouldn't say like partners, but yeah. Or like people? I have friends who I text like, hey, has this bit been done? Or like, hey, do you want to hop on a Zoom? And just, you're almost doing it more to just talk it out to a friend. Yeah. I want, I need to talk this bit out. So you just kind of say the joke to your friend and you see how they react. And you're like, oh, this guy's got a bit kind of similar. And you're like, what if I did this? Is that different? Like, that's a different bit, you know? Or like, you just kind of do, uh, yeah, you, you have those, it's also surrounding yourself. Like you say, like, I'm positive. Like I surround myself with like friends who are pretty driven yeah, and funny. And that pushes you in a great way. Like you, oh my God, so many of my friends, like, you know, Joe List or Mark Norman or like those guys who like, uh, you know, really write a lot. And Who's the first guy you said? Joe List. Joe List. He's yep. got a new movie out called Fourth of July. It's great. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Name me some other ones that you are th- you think are really, really good. That are like close to my cr- – I mean, Phil Hanley's one of my best friends. Rachel Feinstein's one of my best friends. Oh, you yeah. Know? She's funny. Yeah. She's like a sister to me. I mean, we're very close. Uh, do you like – do you know Eliza uh, – what's her last name? Schlesinger. Yes. I don't know her uh, really, but I, I've met her. I don't know her really. She seems really funny too. She is funny, I I mean, thought. you're a Jewish woman, so that's like I, that's right why up I your find alley. Very, yeah. very, that's why I find it really funny. Yeah. But uh, I, but my favorite, I think, is Bill Burr. By, by I love him. He's he, my just did, he just did our podcast. I saw uh, that. Bill is like the coolest man. He, I opened from a college when I was at Tulane. He, uh, my husband went to Tulane. Yeah, yeah, Tulane. Yeah, exactly. Jews. All the Jews go there. Did you go for your undergrad or did you go for your? Yeah, yeah. I went for like a year and a half. Oh, you didn't then, finish. I didn't finish at Tulane. I finished in oh. New York, but I, I, I uh, oh, where in New York did you finish? Uh, NYU. Mm. And why Jew? Yeah, all you of them. You can do that with like almost any school. Yeah, you really you can. It's not that hard. Uh, but then. Isn't uh, it hilarious? Uh, <laughs> that wasn't that good. That wasn't you, that good. You give me too no, much no, credit no, no. for that, that, that one. Was a, that was nothing. But Isn't it hilarious? I'm like, yeah. that was pretty standard. No, 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 that no, was, no. It was not. But I will say you are very uh, good well, to stay. Yeah, Bill came to school when I was like 19. I stole the picture of us and I was such a big fan of his. I was like, oh man. Like even back then, I thought he was so funny. And hilarious. I, I looked up to him a lot. And. Uh, he came, I remember it was like the day that, uh, God, I forgot the guy's name. It was a Yankees pitcher who like crashed a helicopter into a building in Midtown. And Bill was like, did you hear about that? And I, and I said like, yeah, I thought you were a Red Sox fan. He goes, not that big a Red Sox fan. <laughs> it's like classic Burr voice. He's like, I'm not that big a fucking Red Sox fan. But he was so nice to me. It meant so much to me. He was so, uh, when you're a young comic and you look up to someone, it's like, it, that goes such a long way. And we were on Conan together like 10 years later and I hadn't seen him since then. I, I very much steered clear of guys I respect because I just was like, let me just get good in the shadows right. and they'll see me when I'm good. I don't want I don't want them to see me when I'm, I know I'm not good yet. I know this takes time. Uh, that's why I love the road because I could fail Bill Burr actually calls it, I've told him this, like how I quote him on this all the time, but I'm like, he calls it a killing in obscurity. You get good killing in like Des Moines, Iowa or something. So no one sees you except the people in Des Moines, Iowa. Right. You know, now everyone is like posting every clip on social media, even brand new comics. But they didn't have that when I was a new comic. Thank God for me, because I wasn't good. Right. So, I mean, I understood joke structure, but, you know, you kind of just start killing in these weird cities and you're like, I'm figuring this out. So, yeah, I remember doing Conan with Bill Burr and he was so fucking funny. I remember it was like the craziest lineup. I've done late night sets before, but the lineup was like, it was like Bill Hader, Bill Burr, and then me. I was like, this is like insane. This is like two of my favorite comedians. That's incredible. Uh, and they're both so freaking cool. I mean, uh, 
But I, I remember talking to him. He's like, where do I know you from? I was like, I just have one of those faces. You know, it's like what you said. You're like, you remind me of a guy I went to college with. I'm like, no, nah, you don't remember. It's like 10 years ago. And he's like, oh, all right. But now I but now I know him. And he's, so is he like the, I feel like he's a, the comedian's comedian. Like, I think all the comics love him too. Like He's, he's prolific. He's prolific. He's clever. He's He's like everything you want a comedian. He's like, yeah, he's one of the best ever. Yeah, I think so. Who else would you say? Like, well, what's your take on like Dave Chappelle? Everyone finds him to be hilarious. Yeah, I mean, not everyone. There's a lot of controversy. Well, no, no, no. But I'm saying like, (laughs) but I feel like people put him on this pedestal. Like he's so great. Well, I think that's it. Gets hard when you when that happens. Yeah, because I think there's an expectation, and it's like I I think Dave is obviously an amazing comedian, and and I, I do get annoyed though with all the like oh they're gonna cancel dave i was like dude netflix literally publishes him taking a shit yeah exactly. like what are you talking about he's not getting canceled no he is one that will he, he never like a, get canceled he did that speech and they publish it i'm like he's fine calm down well how come nothing ever happens to him though like how come i mean well first off i hope nothing does because that you know because no, i think it, free speech is important i, you know, I totally agree but i also don't i think this like fear of it like being like you know dave is a great comedian like i i don't like when comedians get turned into martyrs. I think our job is to be funny. So, it is your job. So when funny. it when it turns into like this larger thing, I'm like, hey, he's doing great. He's fine. Uh, everyone settle down. It's all buzz. I find it's like, you know, uh, it's almost like a shock jock tactic from back in the day where they're right. like, they're trying to cancel us. And then they you rile up their fans and those guys are making a shitload of millions. I'm like, totally. well, your fans aren't. Right. So it's kind of like, it's almost like you're duping people. So I'm kind of like, eh, you know what? My life's going great. No need for that. Uh, but you're not nervous about yourself being canceled or what you say or like- If it happens, it happens. I'm not going to lose sleep about it. I, I don't, I mean, like I've gotten a taste of it very young where I got in trouble for a joke in like 2013. And you know what? It was annoying. I was pretty anonymous in the business. So it was, it sucks when you're known for just like a joke that people don't like. But I've also, you know, I think you- live your life and you try to be a decent person and hopefully that's your reputation. And if it happens, I think people will be like, Hey man, he makes jokes. He'll miss sometimes. He's a nice guy. And that's that, you know, it just got, I don't think the can or comics really getting canceled over shit. They say, I think like when it's like, you know, Bill Cosby, you're like, yeah, that, that wasn't over a joke. You right. know? I hope they're right. Like, I think it's that your job is to be funny and to say things you laugh at and you make fun of everybody. It's not like you're picking one person, not you personally, yeah. like in general. But I feel like it's gotten out of hand. Like, everybody is now, like, has having to be, I feel, are very, like, watching what they're saying and trying to be very, like, I, you know, I think skittish because they don't want to get canceled. Yeah. The problem is there's the content has outweighed quality. Mm-hmm. Like, the need, the quantity is really outweighed, you know, quality. So, Everyone's just speaking. Like people are riffing on topics that are dangerous to riff on. Mm. So when you write a joke on one of those, you can kind of stand behind it. You're like, well, that was written. That was prepared. I put thought into it. But when you're just like freestyling on like trans people, right. you're like, oh shit, this could be dangerous. And then, uh, you know, and then uh, I don't think, I think everyone's done too many podcasts now to really be canceled for that shit. I think everyone's like, you know, Colin Quinn will say like, all you need to cancel us is Wi-Fi. Yes. You know, it's like, I, it's true. I mean, but I, at the same time, I think people are just like over it. I think, I, I think so. the way it swung one way, it'll swing back the other way, almost like too hard. We were like, all right, well, that's like, you know, 
Johnny Depp's trial was at the perfect time. Let's I, put it that way. I'm so glad that actually did happen yeah. because I, I think that, that that helped the pendulum go back a bit. Maybe. Then what happened? So where is that Aziz guy? He was so funny. He got canceled. Aziz? He didn't get canceled. I mean, he- I, he, 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 he like kind of got canceled. Well, Aziz was like a- uh, And does anyone want to hear a white guy talk cancel culture, by the way? is yeah. the most fucking played out shit No, it's not. Time. I want to know. I mean, I'm, no, I'm I think Aziz, you know, Aziz- was a really unfair, that was really unfair. I, I think thought. it was really unfair. Uh, and I think he felt really bad about it. And I don't think he really, I mean. Look, deserved it? He didn't deserve it. No, not at all. I mean, so, you know, uh, it was a bad date. You know what I mean? Like, it was a bad date. Uh, That's basic, but I'm saying like, it could be this person's word against somebody else's yeah. word and it can like destroy your life. But it was, he was a victim of like that, we were talking that pendulum. Yeah. Like, he was a victim of like that moment in time. Is he and coming back though, you think? He is back. He put out a Netflix special right, he, like, right I, after it. He's he doing did, great. A two, did, I think he's put out two. And oh, he, he has? has? And he has another movie that just actually had suspension because Bill Murray got in trouble for some onset behavior. So <laughs> so worry about Bill Murray, not Aziz right okay, now. Okay, good. Well, Aziz is doing fine. He's doing fine then? Yeah. Okay, good. Did you know Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day? I didn't. And according to the EPA, indoor air is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, even a hundred times more polluted. And the data shows that an air pollution is responsible for nearly seven million premature deaths globally. Wow. So then what's the solution? I'm going to introduce you to an air purifier that captured the attention of established media outlets all over the world, like CNN, Money, ABC, and it's called Air Doctor. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens, such as pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold, and even bacteria and viruses, so your lungs don't have to. And Air Doctor purifiers also have a feature called WhisperJet that makes the fans 30% quieter than any other ordinary air purifier. And Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code HUSTLE. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. And exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit which is an additional $84 value. So lock this special offer in by going to Air Doctor, A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code HUSTLE now. Okay, then let's quick go back to then how, oh, by the way, you have a podcast too, that you, the other one that you started. I have Speaking two podcasts. Podcast. I have We Might Be Drunk with Mark Normand and I have uh, Games with Names, which has just come out with Julian Edelman from the Patriots. And what I was going to say to you is, ironically today, I got like a, a newsletter that like talked all about your podcast. Really? With Adel yeah. It was so strange. Like- that I got Julian, it the same yeah, day. He's like, Julian. he's a super handsome uh, Jew. He's uh, ripped. We're like, <laughs> if we're the Inglorious Bastards, he's Brad Pitt and I'm one of the weak Jews. I'm like the <laughs> BJ Novak, Sam Levine. Uh, he's, he, uh, we've changed next to each other because we're banking episodes. And I'm like, oh my God, you want to feel bad about your physique? 
<laughs> Changed next to a, a former like badass wide receiver who's still shredded, and he'll complain about his body too, which is so annoying. He does. He'll be like, he'll be like, He's I'm so like, cute. he'll be like, I'm like, you know, uh, I'm I'm like, this is like PG thirteen. I need pay per view abs. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> You're shredded. Is he funny? Yeah, he's funny. And he's cool. I mean, he's like, he's the best. He's like, yeah, he's. How did that even come about? Like you and this athlete. I think they wanted a New York guy, a New York comedian who knew sports. Well, how did you guys become, were you guys friends? Did someone connect to two of you? Yeah, we were connected through, I think, our agency. Yeah, and and his company was looking for a New York comedian who could talk sports. I think they like. First off, Julian's from the Bay Area, and then he's but he's a Boston sports legend. So we have that Boston New York oh, rivalry, yeah. And I can trash the Boston teams, and you could trash New York, and I think that's a fun rivalry. So you know, we we take like classic games and we relive them with the people from the games. It's a really fun show. We've had like Eli Manning was the first episode. We have Payton. We have you know Paul Pierce. All these great athletes come on and and it's a good show wow and so like so basically did you audition for this like if he's were looking for like a comedian where you're like i didn't i wouldn't say audition but like <laughs> i went to his apartment with all his friends and we had burgers and we watched football and we ch- i think they want to make sure that we vibe right but uh and i you know i want to make sure to i don't want to sign up for something where it's like i'm like Awkward. this dude's a freaking dolt no he's cool yeah. he's he's cool and funny and and really good and so how many so how many episodes did you guys bank already? We've got like twelve banked. There's twenty-four in the first season. So we'll finish it out. Wow. So who was it? So you had Eli Payton. Who else did you have on there? A lot of football guests are the ones banked, because when we were doing it, that was uh that was who was available. But we're gonna get a lot of like basketball and like hockey and, and baseball too. But uh we had, yeah, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, you know, mm-hmm. uh Ricky Williams. Michael Irvin, Michael Vick, like a lot of a lot of big guests. Wow. Yeah. And so how often are you gonna be taping that? Is that in New York that you're doing it? We were taping in New York. Yeah, I don't know what we're gonna do for the rest of the episodes. I mean we can kind of set up shop anywhere, but, well, uh, exactly. but we got a cool studio in New York. And uh yeah, he's he's the man. It's it's a I think people are if you like sports and you like reliving great games with the people playing them, and we're just silly on it's a it's a fun time. With platforms like Facebook and TikTok and Instagram, you work so hard to build your following only at the whim of an algorithm. One tweak to that algorithm and you no longer are able to reach the engaged audience that you work so hard to build. Boy, don't I know that to be true, right? While simple texting, you can stop renting your audience and actually start owning it. While emails might go to spam or get filtered as promotions, texts are virtually always read. And texts have a 98% open rate and actually a 30% click-through rate. That is amazing. The best part is it's as easy as sending a text to a friend when you use simple texting. It only takes a couple minutes to set up your account and you can start sending now. Simple texting plans start at $29 per month. But if you start our free trial this month, they will give you 500 free credits to see what texting can do for your business. And all you need to do is go to simpletexting.com slash habits to start your free trial. That's simpletexting.com slash habits to start your free trial now. So go, what are you waiting for? When I saw you, like, do you feel like there's momentum on you? Or is it just me, myself, thinking this because I just found it's, you? Friends will text me nice stuff, but I, I'm too in it. Like, I'm I'm not home enough. I'm working on the next thing. I, I panic. Like, you know, I, I put out a lot of comedy specials. So, you know, uh, 
I think I'm always kind of panicking for new material and like trying to be like, when can I get the new thing out? So that's a big thing. And uh, there's no, yeah, do you have anxiety for like, fi- yeah, like kind of like figuring out more? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the special that really helped me was called I Got This and that's on YouTube and that's like got 11 million views on YouTube, you know, and that really changed things for me. Every network passed on that. And I was like, this is a good hour. This is pretty painful. You Every know? network passed Everyone on passed that? passed on it, yeah. It was a hard time to sell a special. It was like, you know, unless you were famous, they weren't really biting unless you were famous, you know? And, uh, you know, you just, you know, I was just like, all right. You know, it, it, I was pretty hurt at the time, but, you know, I was still determined. I was like, well, I'm done with these jokes. I'd like to tape this. And uh, I remember, I, yeah, I, I did it in New York for like the HBO people. And this one guy at HBO like really uh loved it and was trying to bring everyone in and uh the higher ups were like yeah they, you know, they want something artsy they want something like that i'm like a pure like kind of joke guy they want some like you know and then i got molested and i'm wearing a turtleneck or so that's <laughs> what they want you know uh and i don't have that so uh and then you know so that that hurt and of course like you know at the time I was like, fuck HBO. But like looking back, it's like no one watches HBO specials anymore. So right. it's like the best thing that happened to me. Yeah. Netflix passed Amazon. I didn't want, I don't think, I mean, I probably would have then. And then I, I so my agent was like, let's go to LA. Let's run for Netflix. You know, I was like, all right. So I came here, you know, my crowd killed, uh, you know, no, no dice. Uh, and then really? I just told my agent, I'm just going to film it. Fuck them. And then, uh, I did, and then Comedy Central was like, "We'll put it on our, our YouTube, and we'll pay you to put it on our YouTube." And I was like, "Well, they got a huge YouTube following." And my whole thing was like, "You don't, you need a link to like all your friends are going to share your special." And then they, when you're, I've had specials on Comedy Central right. where they're like, "Watch it at 11 p.m." and everyone's like, "What is this? 1992?" Right. No, no one does that. You know, you when you how many? It takes you like four times for someone like you got to watch this show, and you're like, "All right." And then another friend's like, "Have you seen this show?" That's like the it takes That's like six true. of it those. Takes, it, I think there's like research on that. It takes I think four times. But if there's a well, link. If there's a link, what that I helps. Think, it helps, but people watch it in segments. If it's good, like they'll. You know, they won't watch the whole thing, maybe, or they'll but that, like but that's what look happened. at it. They'll stare at it a few times. But and on then, Twitter, people will be like, "Watch this," and be like, "But if they watch this and they have the link there, it's like, it's oh my, my they'll, god, they'll tap it for yeah. exactly, or like click it." Yeah. And if the first few jokes wrote people in, I opened with like all Me Too jokes, and they were all like, I think an angle that comics weren't hitting, which was kind of like a little more down the middle. I think a lot of I heard a lot of like comics like, "You can't say nothing to women anymore," and I'm like, "That's not the." problem uh, i think it's the rapes but uh but whatever but i did like uh you know so i did a lot of jokes about that and i think that like that was kind of a like i came out of the gate hard and i do that with this new special too i come out of the gate hard i'm like I'm, I'm aware of the attention span so i'm like let's come with some hard jokes quick i'm like i want that first five minutes to be like bam 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 jokes so uh i think that helped and then a lot of comics, I think, like that I did it that way, that I was kind of like, you know, middle fingers to the industry. Good, but really, yeah. it was like my only option. People were like, right. this is punk rock. I'm like, no, it's literally my only choice. Right, everyone but, turned you down. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but then it got so many views so quickly that I think uh, people were like, holy shit. Uh, and, and you then, think it's because the first five minutes was so good? And no, I, so- think it's, I think it's a tight special. I think it's yeah. my best special, probably. It's like, it was a lot of work i put a lot of work into it and it's uh and how long you said it was an hour right it's like 48 minutes or 49 minutes probably that's but a it, lot of material yeah it, it was a lot of jokes and uh i think a lot of comics just like they related to to it so they were 
pushing it. A lot of comics were mad right. that they saw a good thing that got passed on because then they were probably well, like, I can make a good thing that will get passed on. I relate to this. Right. So I think a lot of comics like took, you know, you know, push me for that reason. And uh and then, you know, the pandemic, it's funny, I put that out to tour. I was like, this will help my, you know, I'm not getting a lot of money on this. I'm putting this out to sell tickets on the road. And it really helped. I got a lot of fans out of it, but I can't tour because COVID just fucking hit. It came out February of 2020. So, oh my gosh, so, a month prior. But, but the reason it got so many views was probably also because of that, because people are home and they're like, we can watch this. Right. So, so long run, it did help me, but yeah, I really want to tour and this really hurt. So- uh, during COVID, what I did was I uh, I really was like, well, I need to really work on a new act. I need to figure out how to perform. I can't perform. There's no clubs open in New York. So I shot a rooftop special where I just go to, I just put an Instagram, like, do you have a rooftop? I'll come to your roof, get your friends together, get some White Claw, get some beer. Uh, I'm bringing a camera crew with a fucking drone. Let's do this. And I hit up like so many rooftops for so long. I just kept doing roofs and we just kept filming it. And How many got, rooftops did you actually end up doing? So many. I mean, I did it for like months. So I just kept doing roofs. And then we probably filmed like 10 of them. But I just kept doing, I mean, I had to do them to get in shape too. Because I was like, man, I'm so out of comedy shape. Right. It's not my best work because it's like I'm out of comedy shape. But it was a really cool thing that I'm glad we did. My friend Matt Salakus directed that. And he was so uh, passionate about it. Like literally shows up on a roof in Murray Hill with his, with a drone. He's like, we can't go too far this way. Cause there's a no fly thing here. Oh my gosh. So we're like, we're, we're literally dealing with these weird, uh, you know, rules, but I, I think I heard you talk about that on Mark Marin's uh, podcast. Actually, I don't know if we had done it yet. Actually, when I did, Oh, Marin. I thought that's what you guys were doing. Maybe. Oh no. You were talking about doing a lot of Instagram lives. You were doing a lot of those. I don't know. Yeah. Is that not um, the one I was, the I don't know. I, that was like, after a while, I you know that was a that was a a lot of work that that rooftop one because something would go wrong on every roof. Like things go wrong in venues. So yeah. if you're on a roof, we're like, there's not an outlet here. We need to charge a battery. Or like, there's not, you know, yeah. the mic just didn't work. We were down by like the World Trade Center and the mic just didn't work. We're in Bushwick. It's like a shitty ass roof, you know? And like people are hanging off. We're like, are they going to be okay? We're climbing ladders to get on these weird roofs. It was such a weird, It's a. it was a great thing. I hope I never have to do again. Right. You but know? you had to do something to like work, kind of just like work the muscle, right? Oh my God. I remember the idea, where I got the idea was it uh where the idea was i was doing these like they were like you can do 10 minutes on my show at the uh you know down by the uh water you know so we i'd be like traveling far during covid to get 10 minutes of it and i'm like i'm i can't do i need an hour i need to go long i need to experiment yeah. i'm very experimental with my stand-up i i fall ass backwards in the punchlines. i'm not the type of guy that's like this is perfect i need to figure it out so uh yeah, that I, I was. I need long sets, and I started bringing friends with me, and it was like turned into like we're hanging out. This is great. Uh, it, yeah, it was a great experience. You call, I think, I, like you call on the audience a lot too. Yeah, that's kind of like your. I feel like you do that. Well, I, I Maybe do I, that, I see that on Instagram. I do that to promote gigs. I do that because I'm like, it's not my favorite thing, but it's like it's fun. It's spontaneous. It makes the show special. I do if I do an hour, I'll do a little of that anyway, just to make the show feel unique. Yeah, or I'll make fun of the city. I'll have fun with them, but. I do that really to promote gigs because I can post without burning material. Right. Oh, okay. What do you, what, like, what would you say that you're known for? Like, there's like, okay, he's really good. That his thing is he's really known for great uh, writing, joke writing. I or, don't know what I'm known for. I think just like a, you know, just like a joke guy. I'm like, a, like, I'm like old like, school, old school jokes, like kind of like a short form jokes a lot, probably. 
not like a great, I mean, I don't know, but like, I feel like you're a good, you're a very good writer. Thank you. I mean, not like I, I don't, I mean, even the thing on David, how'd you even get the David Letterman thing? He picked a few comics or what was? I don't was, even think he picked them. I think like one of his people picked them yeah. and he probably approved them. He was probably like, I'm fine with this. But uh, yeah, my agent was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, nah, I don't want to talk to Letterman. Psych. <laughs> yeah, let's fucking do it. It's David Letterman. So, right. I mean, I had like daydreams as a kid. Like, you know, I'd be in like, you know, the shower, like, I'm so Dave. Like, you're an idiot kid pretending to, like, be interviewed by Letterman, you know? And you were interviewed by him. Yeah, he was He was really, really cool. It was a really great experience. He was that. really, really warm and, and friendly. And, like, of course, I've heard, I've seen the clips of him, like, burying guests sometimes where, like, I guess he had felt he had to save the interview. So you're like, man, what would be worse than bombing for Dave? Like, let me bring the fucking heat, you know? Yeah, he didn't I, seem like he knew what was going. Like he didn't. He kind of felt like he didn't really know the comedians very well when he was interviewing a little he bit. He said he watched my rooftop stuff. He said oh, like, he I've said, watched. He said he's, he's like, and we talked in the green room before for a while, and he was like, I've watched a lot of your stuff, and he he was he was really, he said I, I like how resourceful you are, and like you know. Oh, about your stuff. I'm talking with the other comedians more. Oh, I didn't because okay. I saw yours and a couple other ones. And okay. He seemed like he wasn't on yours. He asked you questions that are more personal. The other ones he didn't. That's what I noticed. Um. I don't know. I think he did watch everyone who came really? on. He, he, uh, I'll watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm curious. I don't want to give you homework. Yeah, no, he was, uh, he was, that was a great experience. That was really cool. No, I'm sure. Like that was like, because he's David Letterman, right? Yeah, that- it was crazy. I mean, he felt, he was very warm after the interview and before. And like, you know, at one point I came out because you do stand up before and I had a phone, I guess, bulging out of my pocket and, first joke hits and then someone in the top yells out sam and i'm like what and they're like sam uh is that is that a phone in your pocket and i'm just like is someone fucking with me <laughs> so they say is there a phone in your pocket and i just said no nah, it's my cock and that's like i'm just trying to like volley i'm trying to save it and they said uh you got to restart the set so there's no phone in your pocket and i'm like Ugh. and dave like jokingly runs over like get the fuck off stage and like he's he's hamming it up being silly and then he grabs me he goes i'm so so sorry this is so awful i'm so sorry and i said it's okay it's all right so i go back and uh i go back out i tell the same joke again it crushes because they really want me to do well now they feel bad for me the crowd uh and even after the interview he goes i'm so so sorry i was like hey man like I've, I've been i've done this before it happened it's all right you know he, he was and, you know, he was really like, it felt sincere when he like really was like, it was really great talking to you. And uh, I was like, dude, this is like, it's a big deal for me. You know, Huge there was deal. one point where he was like, like, well, how do you know you've made it? I was like, I'm talking to David Letterman. Yeah, What do exactly. you mean, how do I know I've made it? This is pretty good. Well, that's, that was funny. That, was my, that would be my next question. Like, how, yeah. when do you know? Like, that's a pretty big moment, you know? Like, I think I mean, my goals are not. I wouldn't say that I'm not ambitious, but I, you know, I, I'm doing what I want to do. So that's the thing where it's like- And making money at it. Yeah, it's going very well. So it's like, it'll be how I know I made, I feel like I've made it. I feel like I, uh, I have goals to be in like bigger venues and, and I have other things. The problem is now like so much of what we do is like podcast based and I love it. It's a great way to reach new people and to promote your, your stuff. But I really I'm number got, 448. You're 448. I've done 448 yeah. podcasts. Yes. Uh, but the thing is- I feel special. Are people going to get that reference? I posted, Jonah Hill had a thing. He tweeted, uh, 
I don't, I have too much anxiety to do press anymore. And I think I wrote back like, cool, I'm doing 447 podcasts to promote my special, but, but good for you. Yeah. And then I wrote, I'm, four, I'm 448. Yeah. But you know, he, you know, he, he, if you're an actor, it almost is cool to not do press. You almost have mystique. If yeah. you're a comic, you can't really do that, I feel like. But I, I didn't sign up to this to be like a radio guy. That's the thing. So many, I got into this because I was like, I want to be like, you know, a sitcom guy. I was like, I grew up of that era. So I was like, I want to be like Gary Shandling or Jerry Seinfeld or something. And then, and then it's like, oh shit, I have to be Don Imus. Like, <laughs> that's not what I want to do. You know? So I love Don. And people don't know who that is. That was like the, wasn't that like the, he was the opposing person for, I always, I think of him as the enemy of Howard Stern. Have you mm -hmm. been on Howard Stern yet? No, I haven't. Do you want to be? I, you know, it's funny. I didn't really grow up listening to him. I know everyone, it's like almost a sin to say, I, I, really? I grew up in the city, so I wasn't like I didn't really have like a commute, so I wasn't like I don't I can't drive. That's true. Oh, I heard you say that on Whit like on Whitney Cummings podcast oh, that okay. you can't drive. You heard me get a word in on Whitney Cummings. I was, was going to say, can I? That's, I'm really happy you said that <sighs> because that was what I was going to tell you when you walked in. I'm like I try to like do some like research on you, right? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll listen. That like, I'm like, okay, he was on Whitney Cummings podcast. I don't listen to her, so I'm yeah. like, I'll listen to it to see. It was all about, she talked the entire time. I couldn't, there was not one piece of information that I could get from you. I couldn't um, glean one thing. It was all about her being on Prozac or anxiety. Yeah. And then I, that was a problem. I couldn't get anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what were we talking about? A and by the way, that's why I went to the Mark Maron podcast to see yeah. if I can get some information. And that's when I thought you were, t he, it was like, he, you guys, you were on, like, I thought during COVID or... Yeah, I was during COVID, but I, it was before I shot the thing. Oh, so I, I was still out here. I was in LA. We so, shot that in person. That was like a big deal that we met in person at the time. Oh, COVID. it was. Okay. Because he wasn't... About. I mean, a lot of people weren't meeting and he was like, are you, are you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. You're right. fine, right? I'm, I was pretty paranoid at first, for sure. Because Michael... By the way, I know Michael Yo very well, too. And I, you yeah. said that you guys were friends, too. That was crazy what happened to him. I know. Because he was super healthy. Like, it was like, it's random. It's always scary when a healthy person, something horrible happens to them because you're like, well, I'm not the picture of health. Right? And so if it can happen to someone who's super healthy, that's what, that was the thing. But anyway, so the Whitney Cummings thing. So I couldn't, I didn't get anything for, sure, for you, unfortunately. Sure. What would be like the idea? Like when in your, you know, getting a of sitcom? Of like success? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. I, is I, it getting a sitcom? Because do, do people no, care? I, people I don't, don't. Netflix specials? Is that the big deal now? I guess that well, is. Yeah, I, yeah, Which I you have coming now. out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's out, yeah. September first, it's out. Uh, same time tomorrow on Netflix. I'm doing the things I want to be doing right now, and that's I really can't. I, I think sometimes like, when do you know you made it? I don't think that big big picture. I try to look day to day. Like obviously, I have ambitions, you know. But uh, I have my own whiskey out right now. That's really cool. Called Bodega Cat. Bodega How did you Cat. even start that? I have a drinking podcast and my friend and I were like, we should have our own whiskey. And then we're like, we, we probably have people listening who have a distillery. So many emails about like, we'll make your whiskey. So we went with a guy who seemed pretty legit. It's called Bodega Cat Whiskey. You can get it at bodegacatwhiskey.com. It's, it's, it'll be your favorite rye. It's really good. It's such good whiskey. I'm sorry I don't have a bottle, but I'll, 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 next time I'm here, I'll, I'll bring you a bottle. You promise? Or is that yeah. just like lip service? I Both. don't drink whiskey, but my husband would take it. <laughs> well, now I now I got to rush it over. I don't drink yeah, it, but uh, <laughs> we get sanded or something. No, we'll definitely. It's it's really good whiskey. I promise you'll like it. How long has it been out for? It just came out. We've been working on this forever to to get it out, and that, so I, I'm doing that. I got the podcast. I wrote an animated show that I'd love to make. We couldn't sell it. Uh, it was my friend Dana Gould, and we made it. And Dana's brilliant. I, I've learned a lot from working with him, but. Uh, 
that's a thing I'd love to make. Right now, touring's great. I'm happy touring. I'm going to go a real hard, uh, hardcore tour next year. I'm hitting like smaller cities right now to kind of build up the the new hour to so I have an act. So like you know, that's why I'm going to Fort Wayne, Indiana on Thanksgiving. My parents are thrilled. And, oh wow! Uh, yeah. Really? Oh yeah. I'm sure they are just fucking thrilled. build it up. Jeez, you're just constantly on the road. Okay, so wait, get back to the special that's out right now. Yeah. Um, okay, so because you didn't sell the, the the other one that got 11 million views, yeah. is that how you got this one? I like, think that helped. Yeah. So I then, think they were like, people will watch, yeah. So then how did that, like, how did, so after that, did you go to them and say, hey, I want to do a special? Did you make a special? What was the process? Give I us, think like, my agent, the story. my uh, agent is very crafty, and he uh, he basically was like, you know, I think you're missing out being in business with Sam. Like maybe we could do a deal. So it's like a licensing deal where I still own the special, but they get it for two years. So it was a creative way to get on there while still having ownership. I think ownership is like really good to have your specials. And it's a good way to like get to reach a new audience. Like would I get more views on YouTube than Netflix? Probably, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but Especially this, now. For sure. But at the same time, you know, I was like, hell, I mean, look, the Netflix ship is sinking. Let's let's grab a lifeboat. Exactly. And fucking have some fun. Did they give you like a licensing? Pro- like, do you get like a? Obviously, they're paying you. Yeah, they're paying not, me. Yeah, you're not getting like the twenty five million dollar fee that let's 24. say twenty four. You know, it's like <laughs> it's all right. It's okay, you know, it's you'll like take it. Big, yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's a new thing. It's good. It's like you know, good to diversify. Always like you get fans from different places and uh, you reach people that you wouldn't have reached and. Uh, but are people like not that Andrew Schultz thing that came out where he had to buy pay per view style? Yeah, yeah. Is that just the way that people are doing it more? Because I don't know. Do they Andrew. edit it? Do they? Do you have to be very um, careful of what you what you do say when you're on like a Netflix or an no, Amazon? No, I, I think it's all bullshit. I, I don't think we really have to be that careful. I, I don't know what happened in his situation, but I know he like felt the need to buy it back. But he probably made way more money that he way did. anyway. So at the same time, it's like, well, maybe that's why he did it. You know. For me, I've never felt like – there's a couple times they've like been like, we don't know about this bit. And I'm like, well, it's in there. So, right. you know, I don't, like I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't think, you know uh, – They I mean, don't that, say cut it out or – That like, is hilarious if Amazon's like, we have a problem with this joke. We'll let people die in our warehouses, but this joke is upsetting us. <laughs> um, well, but, they're scared also for the same reason, like sure. cancel culture stuff. I don't think – I think it's all overblown in general. I think like, you know uh, – I remember Comedy Central, I had like an eight minute dead baby joke and they were like, this can't be in. I was like, well, it is. So I uh, don't know what to tell you. Right. And they were like, all right. So I had to open the joke by being like, Comedy Central wanted me to say that they don't think this is funny. Uh, me, on the other hand. That's how you open the joke? Yeah. It's on YouTube. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it was a dicey one. I'm going to go look at that. Did sure. you get any kind of hate from oh, that? Oh, Yeah. Tons of death threats. Really? Let's fucking go. That's but that also just that that gives her the controversy must be really helpful for you, right? So more people watch oh, it. Oh, I thought the joke was pretty funny. I was kind of more mocking the person who got offended by the joke than the than the actual baby. But you know, like you know, uh, I think it's always good. I you know, uh, and I think it's good for comedy when people have control. So I think like Andrew buying it back is great that he just now owns it and has control and like he makes that money and then he could do whatever he wants with it right. in, in a couple of years. So like, you know, with comedy central, like the problem with them was just having people see it. Like that was the thing is like they're, they won't adapt. 
They, but why? I don't get that. Why is it behind old, the times? It's an old model, and this is what they're married to. And everyone, a lot of good people got laid off there, and it's it's upsetting. You know, it's an upsetting thing that like they just couldn't adapt. And, uh, and you know, who knows? Maybe Netflix is next. Maybe I got in right as the ship. You is probably exactly, exactly. You know, Which maybe you, it already sank. It it could have. It's over. Maybe by the time. Yes, you're right. How about how about the roasting on the on Comedy Central? That's like their big thing. Were you ever? You never. You never. I wanted roasted. to do it. No, I never really did it. Um, how come you never got the chance? I don't think I was a big enough name. Uh, I think they were going with like big names. They had some not so big names. But they usually had like a connection to the person getting roasted yeah maybe yeah you know? you're right that was i love that part though that's it that's the only thing they had that's really like really great now yeah roasts are fun they're really good it's old it's like old it's like the oldest form of con it's like old the oldest it's form the of but it's, it works and it's super funny it is weird when it's like man the jokes have gotten so mean it's like they used to just be like surface jokes where it's like this person looks like this and mm -hmm. that and then after a certain point they're like this guy got molested in seventh <laughs> grade and you're just like jesus christ and they're like so like they're like so cringeworthy some of the yeah. jokes like Terrible, terrible. But Nikki Glaser, who I love, are you front? I think yeah. You're, yeah. She was like, she was on all the time. Like she was like a main. She crushed it on crushed, that. She was well, so good. Well, she's good at those. Like she has short jokes. She's good at those She's very jokes. good at that. She's yeah. doing really, really well actually now too. With like her F-Boy special and like all these other big specials. Uh, then how did you do? Like you did like America's Got Talent. Is that the one you did? Yeah. yeah. Last Comic Standing. Uh -huh. Did you do that one too? Yeah. Both terrible experiences. Both? Of course. Reality TV. I know. Put a fucking gun in my mouth. Well, right why now. did you do it? Because <laughs> I was desperate to get fans and desperate to sell tickets on the road and stop playing the papered rooms of people that didn't care who the hell I was. And, and it was hard to work on jokes when they just don't give a shit about the show. Right. Well, you They're there because they, there's nothing to do in Syracuse, not because I'm funny. Well, that, yeah. You unfortunately. Know? So... Uh, yeah, I did all those. I mean, I remember America's Got Talent. It was like, uh, I mean, God bless Howie Mandel. He's a sweet guy. And I do feel like, uh, Mel B was kind of flirting with me a little bit, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, probably, probably not, yeah. but I thought she was. Maybe we'll but, say she uh, was. Yeah. But, uh, I remember like, they fuck with you. It's like 5,000 seater in a uh, 5,000 seater in the Palisades. You know, you fly out here, you carefully go over this set I, I saw them tear to shreds two uh, Jewish rappers before me, and by they I mean Simon. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is he's being so mean." I thought they were kind of interesting, you know. So I was it was pretty rough. And then uh, so I'm like, "How do I endear myself to the crowd?" So Simon's like, "I don't know what they're gonna ask me." He's like, "Tell me about your worst gig." And I'm like, "All right, maybe I'll I'll, I'll create a little underdog scenario where they they want to like me." And I told a story, a true story. A guy just walked up to me and spit on me on stage and. And he's like, well, I hope you do better than that tonight. And I was like, me too. And I, I killed. I had a great – it's hilarious in the edit. I do a fart joke and it crushes. It just crushes. And for some reason in the edit, the way they packaged it for the show, it just, it's me doing this fart joke, cut to all four judges give me a standing ovation. So it looked like that's the joke that did it. But really I did like four minutes or so of yeah. like just bang, 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 hard jokes. Standing O – I get off and they're like, we don't know if you made the cut. And I'm like, well, they all just said I did. Are you serious? It's, it's a terrible experience. And then- um, Everyone says that. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, and then they're like, Simon's in a bad mood. I'm like, cool, me too. Uh, <laughs> been here 11 hours. One of us is leaving a, in a private jet. So <laughs> who do you think's in a worse mood? And then uh, yeah, and then I go back and it's like, you get the, um, the hotel they put us up and had construction. So I got no sleep. And I was like, I feel like it was on purpose. They want you irritable. And- uh, 
Yeah, and I, they try to get you to shit talk other guests. I'm like, I'm not doing that. You know, I gave them nothing. I was like, I don't want to give them any. I, I'm so they can cut and be me being like, ugh, like to someone's life, you know. And you also feel bad for these dance troops there who are like, literally, like they're stretching, they're warming up. I can go on stage drunk. Like these people, this is like a real thing right. they have to do. They have to like stay ready. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Whenever you need me, exactly. But uh, I remember going on cold times like 10 a.m. I go on stage at like midnight. And they're like, man, yeah, your material made me like kind of tired. And I was like, yeah, I wonder if it's because it's midnight. <laughs> I wonder if that played a role in it. Uh, I did well in the second round, but they didn't move me. I remember George Lopez was like a guest judge. And in my head, I'm like, he's a comic. He's a fucking, he's going to love me. He's a comic. He'll support. He'll get it. And and then he had like one golden ticket and he gave it to like a Latino dance troupe. I'm like, he's more Latin than a comic. <laughs> Damn it. George. Oh, so he didn't support you after all that. No, I mean he was he was nice. He was very nice. And Howie Mandel, I saw like uh I saw him at Montreal like a few months later and he was like, dude, you got a raw deal. You're really funny. He was really nice to me. And I was like, thanks, Howie. I was like, dude, I watched Bobby's World as a kid. Come on. That's really I love I I, I think Howie's he's, Howie's a nice guy. He's nice and he's also funny. He's got he's so quick. He's quick, yeah. He's a, he's like a very neurotic ne quick. Very yeah. neurotic. Yeah, yeah. And he's super quick though. Like he's got great one liners that he can just think of so fast. Yeah, yeah. So then that was in what year did you do that? I don't remember. It was, it was years ago. Like, it was, oh, it yeah. was it was not a good experience. It was a very desperate move on my part. And I remember a lot of friends were like, Ugh, you're doing that. I'm like, hey man, it, it was not good. I still got fans out of it weirdly i mean it's you like did. well i mean it has like 10 at the time it's like 10 million viewers oh, yeah. so like you have Still one popular. five minute segment on there you get a shitload of messages and like hey i just need to keep the momentum, momentum going i just need to keep getting people so i can sell tickets on the road so that i can keep writing material you know it's very hard to write when it's not your people because they don't listen and they don't really so so that was the goal is like get enough people that i can just keep doing what i like and churning out hours of material you know? also that's how also though isn't that how you'd get material like that experience you could probably have like a million jokes within that like sure experience yeah yeah i think you could probably get some out like of how that. many like how else do you get your material yeah you gotta live life you gotta do stuff you gotta you, know. you can't get it from just sitting at home all day well can you <laughs> yeah you can <laughs> if you're in your head enough but then you have a lot of like a lot of those jokes are all just like read an article and I might read something stupid and then I have to make it. Yeah, my friend said this to me the other, the other day. I'm like, no, that was an article I read. Right, right, right. I have right. no life. So you have to go up there. So did, You so got to do stuff. You, and you can write jokes with friends sometimes. You just are like talking. You kind of say something. You're like, oh, that's a bit. That's something. I could play with that. A lot of it's like taking notes. And then you don't really like just come up with material to computers. It's a lot of like taking notes throughout the day. And then you sit in the front of a computer and like, I should go this way with that. Or I should go this way with it, you know? No, give me an example. Give me the day in the life of what you would do. That's um, what I want to know. Uh, like a, an example of a joke. Let me look at my, I don't even know my phone. Yeah. Where, your, my phone? where is your phone? Yeah. I want to know how you go about the, like, what's your, what's your process? Let me see. Not to sound like that, but My you process. Know. Let me see what I got. Um, or like, like a the day joke? in the life of you besides. A day in the life. Let me see my jokes here. I'm working on, I was working on like a. Um, here we go from yesterday. Um, let me see. Yeah, like something will happen and I'm, uh, let me see. What these are. I had one the other night where I was like, I just read, it's like, you just keep adding lines. It was like, saw one like how, uh, someone was telling me it was like after the Trump raid and they were like, Trump's a malignant narcissist. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, only likes people that like him. And I was like, well, that sounds a lot like me, you know? That sounds a lot like most people I know. Yeah. 
I was like, most of my friends are like, is he a good guy? I'm like, well, he likes me. I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> I, I was like, kind of like, uh, you know, if Putin tweeted, you guys got to watch the new Sam Morel comedy special, part of me would be like, yeah, you know, Leiden's complicated. He's a complicated guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so that was like an idea. I'm like, let me just add one line. Let's add another line. You just keep adding lines. You're like, where would I go? So it's like, that's not like a great joke or anything, but that's like a, that's like a observation that you have during the day. You just keep adding a line. A lot of it's just living in my head. Like, can I come up with another line? Can I come up with another? Is there anything else I'm, I'm looking at? Like, uh, let's see what else I got here. Um, hmm. Let's see. <sighs> Sometimes it will be like a dating thing or like a, um, oh, this was just a thought I had. Like when a woman likes me. I'm turned off. That's what I wrote down. I was like, I just noticed that a woman was nice to me and I was turned off. So I was like, oh, this beautiful mess. This me woman messaged me, uh, you have a wonderful smile. And I was like, this chick is corny. <laughs> really? Yeah, that was my gut reaction. Isn't that sad? Why is that? I don't know. That's like deeper psychological stuff. I don't know, probably because I'm just like, I mean, it probably goes to like the old Groucho Marx. Well, I was just saying Groucho Marx joke, thing, right? yeah. Where it's like you're only, you, you want to be a member of a club that won't have you. I mean, that's really... Uh, it goes probably to that point, I would guess. That's interesting that you actually, that was your first gut reaction. So if like, I, would, I was going to say, like you're on tour, you must get tons of girls constantly hitting on you. Not really, not, not really no. It's like, it, it, I get a lot of dudes who are like, I want to be a comedian. Really? <laughs> That's more what I get. Than you that. don't get girls? Like you're a young sometimes, guy? Sometimes, sometimes. But do you get that, do you have that same type of like... Uh, it's a lot of young guys. I, I think I think sometimes it'll it'll happen, but not like you know sometimes. But you turned off because if they like no, you, I mean, you're like, not like really. Well, sometimes you know, but I think it's like that. You have to fight through some instincts that are unhealthy. That like I mean, that's what I deal with in therapy. Is you try to break patterns that are not necessarily good for you. So are you in therapy right now? I'm in therapy. See, I feel like all comedians are like work. Is that like where you also work out your? Was it you? Oh, I think it was. This is what I heard on your Yeah, movie. no, that was me in the yeah, Letterman on, thing. I said that he said, yeah, I, the joke I think I said to Letterman was like, he's like, you saw, you see a therapist that a lot of comics see. And I was like, yeah. And, you know, sometimes you're in the waiting room and you hear you yeah. hear a big laugh and you're like, fuck, I got to bring it again this week. <laughs> That's like, I have a lot of therapy jokes. A lot. Yeah. But a lot of comics, I feel, have a lot of therapy jokes. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, it's funny. It's like, it's like almost like the, the toxic comic was a big thing for a while, as you say. But now there's like that self-betterment type comedian who's like working on themselves yeah, yeah. So it's like, you don't have to be i mean look there's still toxic you know messes you know of people out there but it, it's different than it was for sure so who would you say are the t other up and like, people that you think are like really really good my friends this? are so funny the people i said before yeah. like my friends are so good i mean I, who, who joe list special is so good uh right uh and he has two on youtube that are like just killer i think one's called this year's material and the other one's called i hate myself any of my good friends you see I'm, i post about them all the time you know uh i love stavros my good friend stavros is, is a new special you saw that's really funny right stavros hulk he is that's blown up on youtube i mean i, I i'm very fortunate when i'm surrounded by like really funny people who who work hard so it just makes you like you feel lazy if you take any time off you know? right and then is there anyone like you think like besides bill burr who else and rodney dangerfield who else do you think is really Great. Well, Dave Attell was like such a big influence. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was so helpful to me when I was a young comic and he's still like such a good, I just love him. Like I, he's just the funniest. So uh, I think, I still think Skanks for the Memories is the best comedy album of all time. I think nothing will ever touch that one. Really? It's too funny. I mean, he's such an amazing comedian.
You, he's got one of my favorite jokes of all time where he's like, you remember when you're young and you think your dad is Superman and then you grow up and you realize he's just a drunk who wears a cape? <laughs> that was him who did that joke? Yeah. Oh, that is a good joke, oh, actually. Oh, he's classic. Yeah, he's he's the best. So what is your new, okay, what is your new special? What did, no, tell tell people what the special is on Netflix. It's they, called uh, Same Time Tomorrow. It's on Netflix right now and it's... Uh, I hope you like it. I, I, you know, it's, it's a lot of road sets. It's a lot of editing, a lot of, I mean, I cut a lot of stuff out to make it just very tight. Uh, cause I just want it to be a tight special, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think you'll like it. If you like, if you like jokes and you know, if you like, if you like to laugh, if you guys like, jo- I hate when people are like, I like to laugh. I'm like, everyone likes to laugh. Yeah. Who doesn't like to laugh? I feel like Hitler liked to laugh. Everybody liked he to laugh. He just laughed at probably <laughs> fucked up shit. But really he, fucked up shit. You don't do a lot of Jewish jokes. I do. I do. Not really. I got, a, I got some fucking Holocaust jokes in this one that, that are bangers. Yeah. You did. Well, I told you I did it. I, I said a joke about a, I don't know, you're. I, would, I don't know. I get a lot. Of, I, I used to do a joke. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a Jew. I'm a New York Jew. I'm like, I'm the type of Jew that if you, yeah, I'm in therapy, I complain a lot. I'm the type of Jew that if you don't like Jewish people, I'm not the one that's going to turn things around for you. <laughs> that's I'm a good like, one. That's a quick one. I had a lot of like, I did a, I did an even the Letterman one. I did a Jew joke. You did. I don't the remember. Hate group one. I like, have amnesia. What was it again? Well, I was like, you want to join my hate group? And uh, this guy asked me to join his hate group, and I was like, who do you hate? He goes, blacks, Jews, everyone. I was like, I am Jewish. He's not even doing background checks. Oh yeah, I did hear. I that remember that's a good one. One, yeah, yeah, that bothered me more than the recruiting. Like, you know, maybe want to join the hate group. I'm walking around. I'm holding a torch. I'm like, dude, you know what this flame reminds me of? Hanukkah. I do remember yeah. that. That's totally true. I do remember that. I forgot yeah. about that. That's actually why I liked you so much. Oh, thanks. Because I heard that joke. See? And, you're, and your grandfather was a CEO of like Lomans, which I wrote. That's what I wrote Self, to you. Self-made orphan. Uh, never graduated high school. Uh, amazing guy. He was, he was the coolest. He was really funny. He was really, funny too. Very funny guy. And very... Uh, I mean, that's probably why I liked Rodney so much is because he had some of those Rodney like one-liner tendencies. Like he was like very quick, but uh, yeah, he was the coolest. I I wish he was alive. He was, he was great. Did anyone else in your family funny? (sighs) My brother's dry. He's very funny in like a dry way. He's like, he's, uh, he's good at like a, you know, and my sister is like a good, like bullshit meter kind of like they, they're all funny in like different ways kind of you know right yeah. and not like ser- super serious and yeah I, and my mom has a great sense of humor you know i can like run bits by her you know oh you can that's yeah, great yeah. i can like be like hey is this funny mom and she'll tell me really yeah yeah did your family live in new york still they're in, yeah they are and do they come see you all the time when you perform there? Ever since COVID, not really ever. But like they, they, I did a show at the Beacon Theater in New York, and they came to that one because uh, that was like a big milestone in New York. I think they wanted to be there. But uh, my therapist sat right behind them. Really? Yeah. Was that- is there any? Is there anything more therapy in New York than like literally like my therapist sitting behind my mother? That is really. You cannot get more on the nose than that. Yeah. What female comic do you like? What's your favorite? So many. I mean, so many good Just ones. Just name me a couple. Rachel Feinstein's like, she makes you me ha- laugh so hard. Oh, right. Because she's your good friend. You yeah, said yeah, yeah. Anyone else that's like really funny? Taylor's great. You know, I mean. I wasn't going to bring that up yeah. again. Well, you've kind of set me up for it. I did not set you up for it. I was um, like not thinking about her actually when I said that. I yeah, didn't even so think many. about Dina it. Dina Hashem opens for me on the road a lot. She's killer. Uh, I'm actually only asking because I want to, I'm looking for like a new person. That You're I the can, one like, who hates women. I mean, sure. I don't, <laughs> that's not what, I don't find a lot of women hilarious. I feel, I felt, I thought like Ellen DeGeneres was really funny. Yeah. Unless thought, you worked for her. Yeah. Well, I didn't think so. That's <laughs> why i think she's yeah. funny that's why i think she's funny i think taylor is funny yeah i like eliza i like nikki 
I don't know who else is there. I'm asking there's you so to give many. me some, I mean, some give me some some like you want like a Netflix thing. I'm trying to think. No, I mean, just in general to go. Caitlin Palufo is really funny. Jessica Kirsten. There's so many funny. So, yeah, Marina no, Franklin. You know, some. I mean, look them up, folks. Come on. I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look them up now. I look. I watch some of these people on Netflix, and Aaron I, Jackson's really funny. See, okay, look it, them up. If they don't get you in the first five ten minutes, then you're like, like to your point. I just turn it off and I never yeah. look at them again. The first five ten minutes. Well, I like important. women. Let the record state that I think women are cool. Yeah. Uh, I just wish other people did too. <laughs> you know. You're funny. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that I can ask you? What kind of food do you like? I don't know. What else? I'm so easy with food. I'm like, I'll eat, I'll eat anything. I'm like, I, I mean, like my, I like, I love like death row shit. Like we're talking about bagels, lox, cream cheese, capers, a whole shebang. Yeah, I that's love all that. That's... I love, a, you know, I love a good steak. I love a good sushi's great. Mexican. I was Thai. just joking about that. Actually, I want to know yeah. what you do every day. What your daily routine is. I know that you drink a ton at night. That's why you like <sighs> chugged about a hundred of those BLKs. But, um. I want to know what time do you wake up? If you're working at night constantly, are you like well, sleeping all day? Well, it's very hard. I, I get wired. I, you know, I, I sometimes like it really depends what I'm doing. Like if I read, I'll fall asleep earlier. Do you read a lot? I try to, yeah. But what you know, do you read? I'm just I'm reading a book now called American Tabloid by James Elroy that my friend Dana told me to read, and it's it's really good. Okay. Uh, uh, and then, but last night I was watching a. A sh- like a Netflix show, and I I was up. To, it's one of those addictive shows. Which can, ones? It's called Untold, the Manti Teo story. Have you heard of that? It's, no. Oh, it's heartbreaking. It's a catfish. He was a huge um, college phenom, and it was the story of the guy who had like the made up dead girlfriend from years ago. You remember that it was like ten years ago. Yeah, I do remember that. And actually. he really, I mean, it really opens your eyes to how dirty he was done by the media. The media is just so evil to young people. I mean. Uh, heartbreaking, uh, an incredible talent. And like, I, I got, a, I, this person catfished him and it's like, it's really a disgusting thing to do. I mean, I'm not like breaking news here, but like, holy shit, that's a really horrible thing to, to fuck with someone like that. And, uh, I don't remember. Didn't really feel like there was a ton of remorse on that person's end. I'm like, man. And Manti Teo forgave this person who really caused him hell. I mean, in many ways ruined his professional, I mean, to break the odds and make it to the NFL and then to have someone really fuck your life up and cost you millions of dollars. That's terrible. I it's never, I awful. don't remember it that well. Yeah. I kind of do, but not really. So that's what you watched last night. Yeah. I'm- and I watched the first one. I was like, all right, I guess I got to watch the second. I can't wait. And then that's a problem with those things. That's why you can't start watching those things at night. Yeah. Well, that's how they, oh, every episode ends with like, actually the murderer was his mom. Oh, yeah. Like, all right, fine. <laughs> I'll watch it. Is it. Actually, the murderer was a piece of cake. Is it cake? A new Netflix show. Is it a murderer or is it a is it a big woman who's just a cake? <laughs> what else are you watching? Give me another. What do I watch? Um, I I'm so basic. I you know I'll like rewatch Mad Men a million times. I love Mad Men so much. I love Sopranos. I'll, I, I love watch old shit. But then if I'm watching something new, what do I like? Um, I was watching Only Murders in the Building because I just Martin Short just makes me laugh so hard like that guy is just oh so you like Mar- that's a good okay so you like him martin short is like Another oh my Canadian. god he's funny i love him um what else have i watched um shows i'm trying to think what like i don't know what, what's a new show that's big. uh what's a new show i've no uh, oh i watched the bear 
on Hulu. That was which one? The Bear about the the show down. in Chicago. That was yeah. really good. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna write that one really down. Really good. What? I've heard it's amazing. I got to watch it. See, this is see, this is what happens. See? You're like the fifth, this so now is, we'll watch it. Okay, you need that, to hit five people. You think it's five, not four? I don't know. What's it called? The Rehearsal. It's Nathan Fielder. I haven't okay, seen it. Yeah, I heard it's great. And what's I, the one that you said, The Bear? Yeah, I liked it B-A- a lot. Have you seen that? Yeah, The Bear, yeah. It's really good. It's, just, it's like The Animal, The Bear. Oh, The Bear. Yeah. You have an accent that's very, very thick. Oh, okay. So I can't. Okay. Yeah. Part of it, like his voice too. Don't you think with comedians that like it's a, a lot of it's how like their their tonation, like their intonation, like the way you speak, was is kind of what makes it makes you memorable. Like it's very like delivery. Yeah, it's your delivery exactly. Sure, you got a very good delivery. Thank you. Yeah, that's what it is. Delivery, your jokes, your your, your stage presence, basically the whole thing. Yeah, you gotta you gotta work on everything. No, I, I'm telling you, you're going to neck. I'm so glad that you came on today because this fun. I feel like in a year, I'm not joking. You're going to be huge. You're going to be I mean, just huge or, you know, cause I feel like it's <laughs> bubbling around you. I'm telling you now, like I got that letter about you today. How strange. Yeah. You don't think that's so just weird. Stalking, man. Just fucking. No, I just find it interesting. I think you're going to, I think that this is like your, although did they say in 2011, I did read this on your wiki page that uh, you're going to be the, the comedy comedian to watch in 2013 or 2011. Keep watching. Yeah, I was going to say, how long do we have to watch you? I mean, it's, yeah, it's so humiliating. Like when they were like, oh, rising star. And they're like, in 2011, you're like, well, I guess I didn't rise quite yet. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like an yeah. unleavened bread, like yeah. a matzah, basically. Yeah. You're I mean, just- it's it's... It takes a while, you know, but it's also like I've had fun for the last like many years. So. And you're actually like you have a good career, which is amazing. It's great. I'm very fortunate. Like you actually make money, which is I know it's crazy. You're not sleeping on people's couches. Or no, maybe they you still are. offer, which is a little insulting. I'm like, I can pay for a hotel. Oh, like, I come sleep on my couch. I'm like, you think I want to sleep on your fucking couch? Right, I was going to actually stay. They want to hear you fuck your wife <laughs> while I'm on your couch. I'm going to book a hotel. Don't they pay for it though? The people you stay like, if you're here doing a show, don't they kind of don't they kind of pay for your hotel? Uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Oh well, do you want to stay in my spare room because I, I thought, I thought it was, can I listen to you fuck your husband? Yeah, maybe it's All on right. it's on the couch. It's going to be in your own room, so you have a <laughs> yeah. place to go. Okay, right, maybe I'll take it up when you. Send. You could play basketball. Not, I do like the basketball thing here. I'm Swim some what, laps. I like swimming. Oh, we have this thing in the pool that's like a resistant thing. I so saw that. It looks awesome. It's really good for like for working out. Yeah. So you can do the treadmill. You'll get me healthy. I definitely can. You can do yeah. the treadmill, then you can do that swim, then you can go in the sauna. You have a sauna? Yeah, a red light this one. This is good living. No, this is like I'm like it's kind of known to. Ha- this is like a wellness facility. Yeah, you haven't seen it's the like red rehab. light. It is like a rehab. Are you just gonna kidnap me and try <laughs> like, to turn my life around? It's like sober living, basically. Yeah, yeah it basically, it's a rehab <laughs> or a sober living. Um, well, I think I'm done with you. I think that oh, I've kind of you asked sound like you. my ex. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you can stay as long as you. You can play no, more I'm, basketball. I'm you can I might go, take a couple of jump shots. You can stay as long as you want. You can have dinner with my family. I gotta go. I gotta do 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 a show. I know. What time yeah. is your show at? It's four fifty. I know, but I wanna I wanna like get a jog in because I need to sweat this out. Do you want to go on the treadmill? Do you have sweatpants? No, I don't. Do you have a pair of shorts? I have, and I'm in Pumas. I can't run on these. You really can't. Although yeah. I have shoes that fit you. Really? Not not mine, but I have your a husband. Ton. Well, people send me stuff all the time. I have what, what size are you? Thirteen. Your size thirteen? Yeah. Jesus. And how tall are you? Six three. Really? Do you have a girlfriend now? I don't. Do you want one? No. 
Are you sure? I hate being set up. Well, why? Because I don't, it's like. Again, it's not them saying you have a nice smile. It's me saying that you have a nice (sighs) smile. So therefore, you don't have to hate them just yet. And the setup is always. It's a lot of pressure. What's the pressure? You go, don't you don't know. like them, I, you just move on. Are you on Tinder? Are you on Raya? What are you doing? I don't want to talk about it. I want to know. These are the things I actually want to know. I'll, well, I'll tell you off camera. Okay, well, I'll that means, that means, okay, fine. I'm on Grindr. You're on Grindr? Yeah. No, you're not. I'm not, but. Maybe you will be after yeah, this podcast. <laughs> if a girl tells you has a nice smile, it's like. If it's a dude a, <laughs> tells me have a nice smile, I'm like, ew. And if a, and if a girl does, you don't like it either. Girl or guy. I know. Yeah. So you don't want me to set you up with anybody? No, I'm good. All right. <laughs> to each his own. Okay, yeah. well, um, I appreciate you coming all this way. I know it was very nice of you. I know you had oh, another thanks. show when God knows in a very different direction. and We had fun. It was a good talk. I thought you were- I hope the good people at Entrepreneur Magazine uh, are, are happy with it. I'm, if it's, if they will be. Why wouldn't they be? I don't know. You were very, you were, you know, maybe a couple of the words here and there may have to be. Are they going to upset them? Well, it's really, this is my podcast. They're a partner of mine and yeah. they'll be fine. They're, t- they're totally cool. Um, yeah, with this. Sorry never, for the potty language. Don't worry. And people, please, okay, um, this is now me saying this. If you don't know who Sam is or you haven't heard his bits, first of all, check out his Netflix special. It is, I'm, I'm sure I haven't watched that one You're yet. You're about to say it's amazing. You almost lied. I know. I was going to say, I haven't watched that one yet it's because good. it's, it's brand, brand new. Yeah. But I have seen him do tons of bits, even on his social media, on his yeah. uh, Instagram. He is so funny. Thank you. People, when I told them that I was, you know, harassing you, they even knew yeah. who you were. Oh, cool. They think you're hilarious. Mm. And um, yeah, because you are. <laughs> That's right. why. So there you go. Thank you. He's my favorite newest comedian. Just Not letting that new. you know. It's been a long time. It's been, well, for me, because I. New to you. New to me. Like, yeah, I yeah. loved Sebastian for a very long sure. time. And then I kind of, you know, you kind of like, you kind of move through people after you see all. I love Jim Gaffigan, too. I love him. I think he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. If you know him. I do, yeah. Can you get him on my podcast? Probably not. <laughs> How well do you know him? Well, but like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big ask. Okay. What do you mean a big ask? He's a big ask. What do you mean? Can you ask Bill Burr? No, <laughs> I have favors I have to ask these people oh, for. Oh, fine. I'll find it's, them myself. It's a, it's a headache to get them on my podcast. You they won't gonna... even go on your podcast? No, you know, I've got them both. They've both been on, but it's a big ask. It is? Yeah. How long did it take you to get Jim Gaffigan? <sighs> I don't remember. It was like, he was promoting a special. You want to get these people in there promoting something. Of course. It's always, you know? I got you even because of that, right? I know. But I'm like, you, you just got me. You're not going to get Jim or Bert, or Bert. Maybe you'll get him. What do you mean? First of all, how do you, did you see the list of people? You, it's very impressive, but they're tough to get. I'm just saying. I'm going to try. I think and you And I'm going I'm to prove you wrong. I hope you do. Okay, good. I'm rooting for you. I just can't pull that ass. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, okay, check out Sam Morrell. Go on his Instagram. What is your handle? SamMorrell.com. At Sam Morrell? It's SamMorrell.com on Instagram. <laughs> it's my name, Sam Morrell, M-O-R-R-I-L. He's amazing. You will not be sorry. Watch the Netflix special. You won't be sorry. Sorry. Habits and hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries. Tune in. You can get to know them. Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses. We ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast. Powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media 
and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.